coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. I'll say the number one thing you've got to do or that has been important to me is that you have to continue to grow as a leader. Mm-hmm. When you start that journey, you know, you're wearing a lot of hats and I need one now for the glare on my hand. <laughs> but, you know, you, when I started out, I'm sales, mm-hmm. I'm engineering, I'm manufacturing some days, delivery, collections. I, I'm wearing all these hats. And as we grew, we fell into the trap that most entrepreneurs do. And that is communication and people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was the guy that the best alternative to work is to have a meeting. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Robert Mason, who is the CEO and president of SPOC Automation. So you may have driven in the country and you've seen those oil pumps that are pumping up and down. Robert's company is basically in that industry. He provides a number of different softwares and hardware for those pumps to the oil and gas industry. And we talk a little bit about what got him into that industry and how he got into that industry. But we really dive deep into building culture. Uh, Robert, really unbeknownst to him, started building a very, very strong culture right from the very beginning. He did go through his core value exercises and has stuck to that and, and lived those out through his company. And that's really what he has been able to build his company on is, is bringing everyone together, making sure that they all identify and can follow along with those core values. They have a really unique way to incentivize and reward people for living out and expressing their core values. And we get into that entire program, that entire philosophy, and, and they you know have a ceremony, really, really, really cool stuff. So if you have a company and you're trying to figure out ways to be able to build that loyalty, build the core values, build you know that that culture where everybody's you know on the same level, the same playing field, this is an episode that you're not going to want to miss. I hope you enjoy Enjoy Bobby Mason, Robert Bobby Mason, on today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. Actually, had a phenomenal dinner time. It was family, it was home cooked meals and discussion. Mm-hmm. My father was an entrepreneur, so literally my entire life I have been around business and and the discussion of it and the applications that are similar to life. So it was advice from uh, how to grow up and and be a a man Mm -hmm. uh, of integrity to business discussions that a, you know, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, 15-year-old just is a blessing to be able to, to have that 
experience. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What, what industry is your dad in? He actually was in the, the in this industry. Is a partner with me in this business that that we started uh, twenty years ago, and before that, he was in in the electrical wholesale and the systems business. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So, so obviously you've, as you mentioned, you've grown up, you know, knowing the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurialism and that did, did that, did that bug, did the entrepreneurial bug hit you early? Were you the kid that was selling candy or anything like that? Did you have side jobs growing up? I've always was raised to work. Not, not afraid of it. I always enjoyed it. I won't say that it was, I've always, not always had the bug bad, but I've, it's always been there underlying. Actually, the way this business got started was, I'll say it's a, it was a cultural thing. He had built up a, bit, a very nice business, a regional business across the Southeast in those areas of expertise. And he sold that company to a national chain. Okay. And I had no ownership in that, that company. So I worked for them for about two years and then they wanted to make changes. They wanted to move us out of an, an automation space into a more of an MRO space. What's MRO? What is MRO? Standard? I apologize. That's okay. Let's just put it this way. They wanted us to sell light bulbs and wire and conduit. Okay. Okay. We, we sold industrial automation product solutions. I mean, we were doing jack-up rigs in the North Sea. We did uh, the monorail systems down at Disney World. Wow. We wow. were doing all kinds of industrial automation, time and attendance, all these high-tech products adding value to people. And we didn't even carry that other kind of stuff. So yeah. when, when that happened, it was quite simple. I walked in, they gave me a list of bunch of people to fire Thursday before Christmas, some 20 years ago. And uh, I walked in his office and said, I can't work for these people. First of all, it's a bad business decision. Second, it goes against all of the moral things that we've ever done as a company. And uh, so I handed out pink slips the next day and selected a, a half dozen of the guys and said, you know, the solutions that we were we were doing already, I think we can take nationally and internationally. And here's your three month package. If you'll give me to a little after January, all the lawyers are on Christmas vacation. Yeah, I have a company incorporated, and I think we can uh, do some amazing things. And just been blessed ever since. Yeah, so that was twenty years ago, huh? That, it that, was. It yeah, was yeah. On our twentieth anniversary. That's great. That's great. So did you did you go to school or did you step right into the the family business there? I, I did go to school, went to a small university, Jacksonville State University in North Alabama. Mm-hmm. Was not a good student, didn't enjoy it because I what I had found was that through my education, especially in a business degree, most of my professors had never worked in a real environment. Yeah. It was all theoretical. And so I didn't have a lot of respect because part of what they said may be factually, but it's not uh, true necessary in application. And so yeah. uh, I gravitated towards marketing. Actually, I had a marketing and, ma- and management degree and, and the, the marketing professor that affected me most was actually had been in the business world. And so he could talk real world. I'm kind of a, I don't read nonfiction. Let's just yeah. say that. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so what were some of the challenges? You know, you 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 said that you already had, I guess, inroads and and connections that you needed to be able to to launch your business. What were some of those initial challenges that that you ran into, even being in that position where you again sort of had some of these inside inside relationships already established? We had already come up with a solution that an automation solution for a reciprocating beam pump. What is that? Every news station that ever runs a a story on on oil and gas, you see that that beam pump rod pump going up and down. That's kind of the that's kind of the uh, the poster child of the industry. We came up with a solution, an automation solution to when when that when that rod is coming over, it turns the motor into a generator that back feeds into your electronics. Yeah. We are in the, we're specialists in what's called a a variable frequency drive. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a solid state controller. And we came up with a way to do that, that uh, saves a tremendous amount of energy and uh, allows us to save customers 20 to 40% on their electric bill. So I had a good story, a great product and a track record. I'd already sold several thousand units to in in that role. Mm -hmm. So the customers, when I went to them, because we'd always been, you know, true to our word. And and I'm, I'm one of those guys that I I try to live a life that if, uh, if I tell you it's going to rain, you need to take your umbrella to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great thing. I like that. It was a no, uh, it was a no brainer for them. They, we were obviously there's that fear factor as you go in, but uh, every one of them said, you solved our problems. You've taken care of us. And and they gave us a shot and we were able to perform. And since then we've just, we've been amazingly blessed to have now over 70,000 units out in the field and, and untold success across the globe. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. What what are some of the what are some of the problems that you solve? Like you mentioned that that you said that just a second ago that that was one of the main things that people gravitated toward you. You solved you know our problems. What what are some of those problems that that typically you're running into? Is it all you know based around this generation system on the the variable speed drives yep. or the the problems are typically we we use electrical we're as our tool our avenue because it's all electrical automation equipment that we build, but we solve mechanical problems most of the time, as well as energy consumption problems. So, you know, it varies and and we've run into a lot of problems that have now become standard products for customers because they had issues that they had accepted for their entire careers because they didn't know that there was technology out there that could solve the problems. Yeah. So it, it ranges really. Got it. Got it. So, and, and is this pri- primarily just on the oil and gas um, side of things or is this, you know, can this be applied in other areas? It actually can be applied in, in just about any industry. The initial focus obviously was, was oil and gas and we've done extremely well in that market and have significant market share for the different types of lift and moving water. We actually have spawned that off into that company initially started just in, in the variable frequency drive market. We had so many customers calling us 
asking us for assistance on their SCADA, which is supervisory data and acquisition. So mm-hmm. basically cellular satellite, whatever you mechanism to bring all that data back and collect okay. and, and give control to. Yeah. So we formed a, because customers kept calling us saying, Hey, you know more about how to get the equipment on these systems. Will you provide that? And so we, we did cause we had experience in it from our previous life. And, uh, so we started that company and then I'll give you the grand announcement that has uh, not hit the, the market yet, but we're, we're launching another company, which is spot grid inverter technologies, which takes our same hardware platforms with some specialized software to do uh, grid and battery energy storage systems. Oh, wow. Wow. So we're going to be able to help people with smart power on 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 the grid or yeah. off grid so if you've got remote and you've got wind or or solar or you want battery generator we'll bring all of those different powers in and act act like a router does with data okay. make intelligent decisions for you and instantly put it where it belongs so so what would be an application for something like that you you mentioned i i get the like the off grid side of things you know, where they're, you know, you're off in the woods and you have a cabin or what have you. Is there a commercial application to that as well? You know, you're in the middle of the city. Absolutely. Industrial plants. Well, any industrial, because you, because now you think about it, you could, you could use alternative energies, basically a hybrid system. So you've got utility power coming from, from wherever. Yeah. And then you, you could have uh, alternative energy. You could be doing energy storage, and during during parts of the day, you pay peak demand charges. Right. Okay. Right. Maybe we could offload and run you on battery during that period, or maybe it's cheaper to use a natural gas generator for those peak load demand times. And so we can do time shaving. We can do energy storage for not only emergencies, but for load shedding. So there's, there's applications. Data centers is another big one. Then off-grid applications in the, in the marine industry, in, in uh, remote skids, uh, any kind of portable in- equipment. So the, the possibilities are, are, are absolutely endless. And we actually have uh, even applied for some technology or some patents that are that are pending that we're super excited about that are going to be revolutionary that's incredible that's incredible so so how did you i guess how do you go about starting these other companies these other things i mean these are it it sounds like you're sort of spinning off your experience you know from the one main company but you know I'm, i'm sure there is a hell of a lot of design work and engineering and software design and all of that that goes into all of that you know how did you manage all of that you are preaching what I love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a firm believer we are a we are in a niche, okay? Mm-hmm. But we are the best in the world at our niche, and that's part of our philosophy. And I, I'm a big Jim Collins fan, so yeah. we we've adopted a lot of those business principles. And so I'm I'm in my core in all of them all these businesses. I never leave it. I leave, I stay in my core competency where I can be the absolute best in the world. Mm-hmm. And then we stay in our core of, we don't want to be the cheapest guy in the world. We want to be the best. So yeah. we, we have a good economic engine. 
And then we add innovation in. And so if we can innovate off of that core at a profitable business model where we can maintain world-class service. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. They just come together perfectly. But none of that works if you don't have the fundamental of the right culture and the right people on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a cult, I'm a culture Nazi. I, I love it. So, so talk a little bit about that. Like how do you, you obviously have been in the business for many, many years and it sounds like you had, you know, sort of your select few people that, that came with you originally. So that was sort of the seeds, if you will, of, of that culture. Talk about what you've learned over the last 20 years of being in business and, you know, were those, were those initial people, the right cultural fits, you know, how has that evolved? How has that concentration, you know, just sort of come to the forefront, you know, over the course of the last 20 years? Oh, love, love to tell you about it. Cause it's one of my favorite stories, actually, you know, of those original seven, five are still employees here today. Mm-hmm. One had to leave for health reasons about two years ago. And, uh, and so he's, he's fully retired. The other one is a customer of ours now and yeah. helping him. He had an opportunity to get some ownership in a company and left to do that and, and is uh, actually a really good customer of ours. So even though, well, uh, we started the company literally because of a culture reason. Yeah. It's yeah. been fundamental to me. And I'll say the number one thing you've got to do or that has been important to me is that you have to continue to grow as a leader. Mm-hmm. When you start that journey, you know, you're wearing a lot of hats and I need one now for the glare on my hand. <laughs> but, you know, you, when I started out, I'm sales, mm-hmm. I'm engineering, I'm manufacturing some days, delivery, collections. I, I'm wearing all these hats. And as we grew we fell into the trap that most entrepreneurs do. And that is communication and people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was the guy that the best alternative to work is to have a meeting. 
Now, I've always been an open book with all of my people, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, it was it was an immature leadership role from from my standpoint. And then we we move along, we start adding people, we're growing, and I've been very selective in who I hired initially. I was doing all the hiring mm-hmm. and then eventually you start getting to a point where you just, you can't mm-hmm. too many things. And so it's important to then push your culture and your thought and your process into the people. But I didn't formalize the process until finally about five years ago, mm-hmm. we decided I decided I sat through a presentation and, and it was, uh, it was just so mind blowing and eye opening for me to see my downfall as a leader that I sat through this presentation and the presentation talked about the fact that the barriers talking about the barriers to growth, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the numbers and, and I won't, I won't quote them cause I'll miss them, but rough numbers approximately, 87% of all businesses that incorporate here in the, in the U S are less than 10 employees and about a million bucks in revenue. Yeah. Yeah. We far exceeded all of that. We, we, then we go through these next levels and all yep. these things, but the commonality was around people and culture as being one of the biggest struggles. And we never had that struggle because we were so selective, we were slow to hire and, and quite frankly, slow to fire too, around a, a really super culture that was, that was formulated. So I, I sat through this presentation and it, and it, and I, I, I truly was moved that I had had a deficit as the leader of the company and I needed to grow. Mm-hmm. So I actually hired the consultant to come in and help us put together this process for efficiency little did I know that it would turn into something much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And we were not siloed. We had good communication. We, we didn't have uh, uh, the typical problems of scaling, but we were, we were growing super fast. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're hit, hit the ink top 1500, whatever, whatever it is three times in 10 years, as fast as growing privately held companies in America. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're, we're sitting here making all these adjustments. He, he has a, a very simple process that we adopted, but before he would do it, the first thing he said to me was, Bobby, tell me about your core values, your purpose and your mission. And I, I kind of laughed and I said, well, I told him my umbrella story. And I also told the fact that I had seen so many multi-million dollar fortune 500 fortune 100 companies where people come in they hand their happy brochure to me and they say you know this is this is who we are this is what we do but they Mm -hmm. no more lived it than the man on the moon and to me that's disingenuous yeah yeah and so that is part of who the magic at this place and and we went through this process and he said okay you got homework I won't take you on as a client if you do not. And I really appreciate this now. I didn't then. Uh, but he said, I want you to read. And he, he sent me a bunch of articles from Harvard Business Review talking about core values and, and culture and how some companies that I truly, truly respected 
true giants mm-hmm. uh, and, and and landmarks in our in our industry or just in the industry. And it was it was really a, a an enlightening thing that they were hiring and firing based on core values and culture, and and we had been doing that just not documenting it. Okay. So I cried uncle. I said, okay, you're right. We do need to, we do need to put that in writing. It was known, it was spoke, it was lived, but it wasn't until that point. So we went through an exercise. He said, you know, it's going to take some companies, it might take two years to actually flush out what those core values really are and your purpose. And, and I said, no, no, we're, I'm telling you, we're super aligned. And he laughed and he said, yeah, you and every other client I've ever hired said the same thing. Well, literally in 45 minutes, we had an exercise he put us through. We had named our, our five core values. Mm -hmm. We had defined them, had our mission and our purpose. And afterwards he said, you know, I'm totally blown away. Y'all actually are one of the most aligned groups I've ever worked with. So I took that and we took another six weeks and we fleshed out our definition of caring, passionate, solution focused, gratifying, and, and so, and committed. And, and once we did that, I doubted myself. I said, you know, he he said this was going to take two years. So I actually hired a second consultant (laughs) (laughs) to come in and they sat with all our people, production, warehouse, engineering, all the different departments, sales for about two weeks. And they came back with a report for, for me. And the report, he, you know, it's a 60, 70 page report. And he handed it across the desk and he said, before you open it, I just want you to know, this is going to feel like a total kiss behind report. Yeah. But you have something extremely rare and special here. And he said, but I did find a few things that you might want to address and, and forget the kiss behind stuff. I don't care about that. Tell me what we can do to get better. And so he, he illuminated the fact that our men and women put their blood, sweat, and tears into these products. They're true craftsmen in this and building this electrical equipment. And you know, engineers and sales guys and managers, they're customer facing, so they get feedback. But these other the the other part of our team, the core nucleus, that manufacturing and warehouse guy and, and shipping, and they didn't get closure. Mm. They put their just as much blood, sweat, and tears into what they what their craft was, and they never got that feedback from customers or from us that from, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we tell them you did a great job and, you know, you, you ship something in 24 hours that other people take 14 weeks. Y'all, y'all are awesome and they know the love is there for that. But as we got into that process, it hit me. And so we actually created a video that we, we uh, I, I was going to do. We have something and, and I'll, and this won't make good radio, but I'll show you on the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a core value coin. Yeah. And I and love it. Once we got to those, we initiated a program internal to the company where if you catch someone in the act of living out our core values above and beyond their job descriptions, Mm -hmm. then you nominate your peers. And then every week 
uh, during our, our management meetings, the leadership team gets together. And that actually is so important to me that it weighs up above going over the numbers. It's, mm-hmm. it's more important than we'll get to the, to the, uh, the financials of the company later in the meeting. But first, I want to know who's living out our core values. And second, who is up for an innovation award? Because we give awards throughout the entire company. If you can innovate your, your job, your process Mm -hmm. or a product. And Mm -hmm. so those are just baked into who we are. So at the end of the year, that, that, that year, we, uh, I hired a film crew to come in and put together a video. They had no idea and did interviews here. And then we went out in the field out in West Texas and went to some users and some resale partners and some pump companies. And we, we, we just got some footage, their experience. And we had the big ceremony at the end of the year where we give out the the ultimate lift up coin, the gold one, where you were the, the one or two individuals that best represented our company's core values for the year. And, and it's kind of a yin and yang, you know, you got, you have the, the, the plant view, the, the, the customer point of view, we showed that and it turned out to be so emotional for those employees that literally I had grown men that I'll say are pretty burly and make me look tiny, <laughs> uh, literally standing ovation with tears in their eyes. Well, we call this culture of ours lift up okay. and, and that's, that was our lift up video. That's where we kicked off this formalized program around all the different things that we now have named affectionately and uh, lift up. And, and we try to lift up the individual, give them opportunity give them a place where they can grow and learn. We try to lift up each other because the person on your left and on your right is important or they wouldn't be here. Yeah. We, we try to lift up the company. Obviously we lift up our customers and, and solve problems for them. And then we lift up this industry. And then ultimately we believe that we, we lift up this country. If we can help produce energy that is at a lower cost point and clean and offer alternative solutions that reduce carbon emissions and all these other things. Mm-hmm. We're doing our part to actually lift up this country. And, and the entire group is rowing together in that, in that mission. And so. I love it. I love it. I, I'm a I'm a culture guy. I, it, it absolutely beats strategy every time. I completely agree. And so, so we, we have, we've gone through the whole core values and all of that. And we have a, a BHAG, Big Area Audacious Goal. Yep. You, you've mentioned mission quite a few times. I imagine it's the same thing. What is your mission? What is your BHAG? You know, we worked on that for a long time and, and our, ours keeps, the mission doesn't change, mm-hmm. and it, but the, but the BHAG does. And mm-hmm. that's where, that's actually where GRID came from. The, the, the new company we're about to spin off. That's where yeah. uh, Well Optics came from. And, and we, we use the uh, execution maximizer process, um, which is if, you, if you're using BHAGs, you, you probably yep. know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. And so we set those goals. We set, and, and it's, just, it's just a beautiful thing when you see the entire team rowing together 
and, and see that your past successes are now building and setting the foundation for you to thrive in the future. And you couldn't do the things you're doing today had you not followed those type processes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's incredibly powerful. How, how do you keep, I mean, you obviously identified the sort of the missing element there where the, the, uh, the, the behind the, the scenes workers weren't back. Do you have any type of internal technologies or mechanisms or anything like that to keep the team all aligned to make sure that everything is, is flowing through the company effectively and, you know, people aren't getting frustrated and annoyed that, you know, Hey, I'm waiting on this data or this information, or how, how does that work for you guys? How does that technology, you know, kind of come together for you? That's a, that's a great question and an ongoing, never ending battle. And if mm-hmm. you ever quit, then for one day you're behind, but we, we're, we're, we're high tech rednecks. Okay. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we, we were early adopters. We've been on the Salesforce platform for 17 years. Okay. And we recently, I say recently, gosh, it's now six years ago. We were working out of five business systems. So communication yeah. was, was an obvious uh, problem, but we moved our ERP system over to that platform. So we've been in the clouds now for for six years on every aspect of the company and building out a 360 degree view so that anyone in the company can find out what we, what they need to know. Yeah. So we're, we're constantly working on that. We actually are on a three new three year initiative right now that we call deliver happy or excuse me, deliver easy. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about one of the books that we used. Deliver happiness. Deliver happiness was yeah. one one of many that we read, but it's a it's a three year journey to be Amazon like in our okay. customer service, both internal customer and external. And so we we actually came up with what we call Spock Dream Teams, and we picked five individuals across for these four different teams. They're four different pillars to a great customer experience, and so these five different teams will be comprised of different viewpoints within the company. And then we, we're going to tackle a lot of that innovation in that they are assigned certain tasks to come up with solutions. And instead of the leadership team coming up with the solutions, we involve people all the way down. Literally there's people production, there's people in engineering, accounting, uh, warehouse, it, it, it's across the board to take that innovation, innovation spirit and, and form it into ideas that, that mm-hmm. we will then push. And, and we use a lot of technology. Video is one, especially during COVID. We, we were bumpless outside of manufacturing. Everybody could do their job remote. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a real, was that, was that already in place before COVID where you guys could kind of yeah, you know, run that way? We've been there for six years. Yeah. Good. Uh, and so that was, that was kind of bumpless. The, the communication aspect several years ago, we started doing more video. Of course we're, we've, we've always had Google and meets and all those, those tools, but we use, uh, another product that's, uh, it's called Vidyard. Okay. It, allows you to embed video, do video straight from your mobile or your desktop, create different views. And actually during the pandemic, when it first hit, 
one of the ways we used Vidyard was we, we started a new program we called Two Minute Drives. And that was to share our intellectual gifts and, and talents with customers and the industry. Because we knew initially that not only did we have a pandemic, we also had an oil crisis hit. And for yeah. those of you that are in the, aren't in the business, it went to negative 35 bucks a barrel there for a yeah. day or two. So there was a lot of disarray. And we wanted to help people any way we could. So literally from across the country, my, my team from every aspect was putting together what they could do in a two to four minute video to help them and educate them and give them, give away little tricks or secrets or suggestions that could not only help you if you were staying in the industry, mm -hmm. but would be knowledge that if you ended up landing in a different industry because your job was eliminated, that you would benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. And so we ended up putting out 40 or 50 of those, but that's the same tool that I use to communicate. I can send an email blast out and, and have a video conversation. It's one directional, but yeah. I can, I'm a big believer that you have to tell people seven times before they hear it once. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's probably more than you asked for. But no, no, no. That makes that makes perfect sense. I love that. I love that. And and I forgot before you were going through some of the books and some of the things that you read. Did, have you ever read Firms of Endearment by chance? I have not. No. So that's that's one that you would really love. Um, so basically, it 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 covers a lot of you know Patagonia, Honda, the container company, people that focus on their people, you know, the internal cultures and what their companies you know, how their companies profit from that. So really, really good book, you know, basically on what we've actually been talking about here today. So yeah, Firms of Endearment is, uh, is a great one. You'd really enjoy that. And I, I thought maybe you had already read that you know, based on some of the things you were talking about, but. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, no problem. So if you were to, if you were to sum this all up and, you know, someone was, you know, in the other side who hadn't gone through, you know, core values and all of that, I guess, what do you think your life would look like? And and you guys, sounds like you guys even did it without even really realizing that you're going through this and doing this, but, but can you sort of define like what these core values and what that, that focus in on culture and all of that has done for you, you know, personally in your own life and in your own business? You know, in my own life, the core values are so close to what I believe. I'm a strong believer in my faith, and I, I reflect that, I hope, in, in what I do and say in life. But we do that too here, you know, and, and when you look at what those core values are and what they mean to us, it's easy to see it when you hear the feedback from, from external sources, our vendors, our suppliers, our uh, customers, we're, we're different. And they all, they always ask what makes y'all different? What makes you special? And, and I, I just, it's the people. Yes, we have world changing ideas and products, but it's the people and when, and when you get those right people on the bus and then you're all working together with that lift up culture as the core and those, those five core values, we literally, we gave out 64 coins last year mm -hmm. of the 64, only 54 were to employees and we don't give them out like water. They're, they, yeah. they are coveted. 
because it's a, it means more coming from your peers than it ever does from, from your boss. Yeah. And it, there is a monetary prize at the end of the year, but it, that's, that doesn't matter. It's, it's not what, what drives people. And, and the other 10 that we gave out were to mm-hmm. vendors, to suppliers. Interesting. Where they lived out our core values and were doing things above and beyond, you know, the call of duty. And when you give a, uh, a coin for being solution focused or gratifying or, or caring to those, those vendors, you bring them into your culture and they won't, it, it grows beyond that. Economically, culture, we've been, you know, like I said, three times in the last decade, we've been one of the fastest growing companies, private companies in, in America. We've been recognized on, by Inc. last year. We were one of the uh, best places to work in, Amer- in America. We've won a lot of regional and, and other accolades. But at the end of the day, when my people love what they do and they appreciate, they never come to work. Mm-hmm. And, and we're all helping others, which is really what we're put on earth here to do. Yeah. It all just falls together. Yeah. Lift everybody else up around you. I love it. I love it. And that, that falls in right with your, uh, you know, with your, your, your core statement there too. So love it. I love it. Bobby, this is, this has really been a, a fantastic conversation. If people want to learn more about you, your company, your philosophies, where would be the best way to, to reach out and learn more about that? Would love to share that information. And you can visit our website at spockautomation.com. That's S-P-O-C automation.com. No dots or dashes. And actually, you can go to the About Us page, and there's a whole section on Lift Up. With, with that video that I mentioned, we, we initially weren't going to put that out. That was going to be an internal thing. But as we showed it, it was so powerful that literally uh, we, had, we had people that would come here for training and visit us. And they're like, you have got to show that. So we, we finally humbled ourselves a little bit and, uh, and put it out on the, on the website. But we talk about a lot of these things. And then I'm also on LinkedIn under Robert L. Mason at Spock Automation. Feel free to reach out to me either way, and I'll be glad to help in any way that I can. That's what I'm put on earth to do. I love it. I love it. Bobby, this has been fantastic. Thank you for the time today, and uh, I look forward to learning more from you. I'm going to certainly check out some of the the assets there on your website. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure and a privilege. I really appreciate the opportunity. No problem. Thanks for listening, and remember, pass the secret sauce.